And first thing we've got to say, I guess, uh, is welcome to you, Dora Lou, and then Happy New Year. Thank you, David. Happy New Year to you and all the listeners. So this is uh, episode number 20. Can you believe it? Episode number 20 already of our Reef Lords Pod Academy. So uh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about uh, something that it's not easy to talk about, but it, it's very, very necessary to talk about it. And I believe, Dora, some of some of uh, uh, the, the Reef Lords family have asked about this. What are we covering today? Absolutely. So uh, it's, it's actually going to be a very real and valid topic, uh, although it's quite heavy uh, to start the year with on podcast, um, but it's about how to handle deceased estates. Yeah, you know what, and it's one of those things that you, you never really want to think about. But the reality is at some point in our lives, you know, this is going to become relevant to us. So one of the big, the big things there as well, is, uh, you know, in terms of administration of, of these estates, how it then affects ownership of property, because this is it's a monster. So let's talk a little bit about that. So you know, at some point, we're going to lose, lose our loved ones. Where do we start? What do we need to do? Yeah. So firstly, we need to obviously understand what is deceased estate. Right? So a lot of people are very unfamiliar with it, although they've heard uh, the term deceased estate. But when it comes to handling this, uh, it becomes really, really overwhelming. Um, but let's, you know, unpack what deceased estate is first briefly. Um, so that's basically, uh, that only comes to existence when a person dies and leaves a property or a will uh, to pass on to beneficiaries or heirs. Okay. So it must, yeah, so the deceased estate must be administered and distributed according to the will if there is one. So if there is no will, Obviously, we need to adhere to the terms of uh, Intestate uh, Succession Act um, in South Africa. So, to you know, to carry out uh, and into action according to distribute the deceased estate. And according to the data from Master's Office in South Africa, only 70% of South Africans. Um, oh no, no, sorry. 70% of South Africans actually don't have a will. So only 50% of South Africans actually have a will. And uh, so, so this becomes very, very relevant for every one of us. You know, just like you said, some points in our life, we're going to lose uh, our loved ones or we're actually going to pass on and then, you know, leave the disease to our loved ones to handle. Yeah, you know, it's scary when you, when you think about that. 70% of South Africans don't have a will. And up until a little while ago, um, I kind of had one, but I didn't know what was in it because I set it up a long time ago. And, you know, with us losing members of the family, et cetera, et cetera, over these last few years, it suddenly came, you know, got, got hit very close to home there. And I sort of went, okay, I need to make a plan. But when we're young, you know, we often don't think about this aspect. We plan everything else, but we don't plan, okay, if this happens, you know, it, I need to have a will and I need to make certain decisions with what's going to happen with, with my assets. So 
what is the process then of, of administering a deceased estate? Yeah, so if a person dies and leaves assets of any value, um, such as a property, you know, a car, even their furniture, you know, then the death of the person must be reported to the nearest master of the high court. So mm-hmm. the death has to be reported within 14 days to the nearest master of the high court. And uh, there is at least one master's office in each province in South Africa. And Gauteng alone has two, one in Johannesburg and then one in Pretoria. And once you report it and then it obviously registers the, the, the death of the person and all his or her bank accounts will be frozen. So they won't be accessed uh, until a letter of authority or a letter of executorship is issued to access the accounts again to distribute um, these states. Okay, now now what is the difference between an LOA and an LOE? Oh yeah, we, we're gonna um, you know briefly touch on that as well. And depending on the value of the deceased estate, um, the the process actually differs. Right, so if the value of the deceased estate is over and above two hundred and fifty thousand rand, a letter of executorship must be issued, and you have to fully comply to the administration of the state act uh, to administer the deceased estate. And this process of obtaining the letter of executorship could take anywhere between a year to two years. And during the pandemic, we observed a um, quite a significant backlog at master's office in South Africa due to, you know, uh, many sudden deaths due to COVID or even accidents. And that process could actually take longer than a year. Yeah, for, no, for, I'm well aware of that because yeah. we're sitting, we're sitting yeah. with that on a couple of fronts right now. Um, and wow. then, of course, there was... The whole drama with uh, in in Gauteng, at least with uh, their systems being hacked, which put everything also on hold even further. But uh, yeah. anyway, so what and happens things then? Things can get a little, yeah. So things can get a little easier if the value of the property uh, or um, value of the deceased estate is below two hundred and fifty thousand rand. The master's office can issue letter of authority. Uh, which in short is LOA, to appoint an administrator to distribute the estate on your behalf. So, um, uh, you know, then the process becomes a little easier, um, but I personally never really come across with this process myself, um, but it's it's also estimated within a year to have this, um, you know, all carried out. Mm, mm. Now, obviously... If, if, if the deceased person owned a property, then um, the chances are very high that it's going to then be an LOE that they're going to need, the letter of, of, yeah. of executorship, is it? Yeah, yes. definitely, definitely. Because, I mean, a property in South Africa is very likely over 250,000 rand uh, in value, you know. Um, yeah. and uh, but, but we must be very mindful that the deceased person may come with, you know, might have uh, a business that's running, you know, or liabilities that uh, he or she was carrying. 
And those needs to be settled first before the um, estates can be distributed. So if there's a council in arrear, let's say rates and taxes of a property, then that will have to be paid. Uh, levies in arrear will have to be paid, et cetera, et cetera. And some people even had business running and then they've got these complications in their business, you know, so that, that obviously becomes more admin and paperwork. Um, yeah, but all liabilities and accounting area must be, um, must be settled uh, before surplus can be paid out. Yeah, you see, this is this is where things things get get, get uh, very very interesting. Obviously, though, Dora, I'm, I'm guessing if there is a will in place, it makes things perhaps a little easier. Yeah, a lot easier because usually a will um, it itself appoints an executor to distribute the estate on behalf of the deceased person. This, you know, it's it's much clearer as to what to do, who gets what, who doesn't get what. And, uh, you know, in the will, people may say that I want to donate my body to the medical research uh, institutions, you know, and then that would uh, all be carried out in a will. Uh, but unfortunately, like we said, 70% of South Africans actually don't have a will. And then, you know, that we will have to adhere to the act. Um, yeah, so... Okay. Uh, so, 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 so that that's then. Uh, if they sorry, Dora. If they so, if you don't, if you die die without a will, um, then it's this uh, intestate succession act that is what's going to guide the whole process. But now it. we move along because if you are a married person at the time and 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 you pass away, now there's different. If I understand correctly, which I do, I think. I was I was married with a, an ANC contract or an anti-nuptial contract, um, but people can also be married uh, in community of property or out of community of property. So, so what does that mean, and and what is the difference there? Yeah, um, David, definitely there is a difference uh, between these two scenarios. So, if the couple were married in community of property or in COP. The surviving spouse is automatically entitled to 50% of the deceased estate. And the surviving descendants, so if they, they have children, um, will each have a child share. So the children will each have a child share. The child's share is determined by the remaining 50% divided by the number of surviving children as well as deceased children. All right, plus the number of surviving spouses. So then that determines what the child share is uh, out of the remaining balance. Okay. So that's for you know couples uh, married in community of property. But what if you are married in out of community of property? Then the surviving spouse will only inherit two hundred and fifty thousand rand or a child share, whichever is greater you know, whichever comes to a greater value. Um, and the children will receive the balance of the estate uh, divided uh, equally amongst them, you know, amongst the, the number of children. And, uh, you know, interestingly, if uh, the couple had no children at all, the surviving spouse obviously takes all. Okay, cool. Now, 
In terms of this, though, this in, in terms of deceased estates or whatever, you know, let's say the the, the person has said, right, I'm going to just, you know, I have two children. I want them to get 50% each of everything. But there's a property involved. Surely that's a bit difficult because you can't really draw a line down the middle of the house. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, usually children are not interested in taking over parents' property to manage or to co-own, you know, or jointly own. So the the you know most viable solution is probably to sell the property, get the proceeds, and divide amongst the beneficiaries and the heirs. Mm, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, what happens now if um, somebody is is sort of jointly? Because a lot of these things, I mean, we've chatted about this. A lot of times, people invest in the property jointly because between their two incomes, they can then service the bond. What happens then? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, um, uh, people you know jointly own and then a partnership in property. Um, you know, trying to make investment returns. Um, but, you know, if one of the co-owners actually dies, the interest as well as the, you know, the liability of the, of the property passes on to the surviving co-owner, which is quite unfortunate, you know. I mean, the surviving co-owner now has to take um, the, the burden from the, the deceased uh, co-owner. Mm. But Usually, how they are protecting this whole situation uh, is that life coverage should be taken together with the bond. You know, life insurance should be taken. So the life insurance would then cover um, the portion that the deceased co-owner would have to, you know, would have to be liable for. And obviously, the the, the surviving co-owner then can carry on uh, with you know, the, the, the monthly payment just for his or her own portion. Um, but, but there are also cases where life insurance isn't um, paying out all right, for various reasons, and then there are valid reasons why insurance are not paying out. Then in that case, very, very unfortunately, if the affordability becomes a problem for the co-owner, which is very, very likely the case, you know, then you're going to dispose the property, you're going to sell the, the, the property. And banks can even repossess the property because um, because the, the co-owner can't afford the rest of the payment, you know, for the bond, bond terms. Mm. So, so essentially what we're saying, because we're getting to the, to the end of this discussion, but essentially what we're saying is uh, that, number one, first and foremost, a will is vitally important your last will and testament um you need to make sure about things like life insurance etc 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 also in terms of estates though dora what is your sort of recommendation there because i know you know it, it's all good and well you know somebody appoints you as an executor of an estate but it's not mm. easy work what do you guys yeah. recommend uh, definitely, it's very, very overwhelming for most of people, as you know, we don't necessarily have knowledge or the expertise in handling deceased estates. So we would recommend, you know, people to seek fiduciary services uh, to help with uh, your deceased estates. And fiduciary services mean that they plan your will, uh, they, 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 they manage your trust, um, they handle your deceased estates. 
etc. They they planning of disease states and all that. So it, it's probably a good idea to seek fiduciary services, and they do they do charge you, but they charge you a percentage of the deceased estate. Right? Yeah. So and it's not a huge percentage. The, it's not like they're going to charge you 25% or something. I think it's a, smelly, a fairly small percentage. Yes, fairly small percentage. Um, and uh, it's, it's actually very reasonable, you know, for the, for the professional service that you're going to receive. So that's number one uh, uh, advice from Reflot. And number two, we really, really would uh, actually recommend our homeowners to draft a proper will, right? If you're if you you're holding assets of high value, and some of the homeowners may have life insurance, you know, insurance, uh, um, medical insurance, or whatever the case might be, right? And then that can all be drafted in the will. Like you said earlier in the episode, David, um, that the will was outdated. And a will must always be updated as soon as your assets actually, you know, changes uh, or fluctuates. Uh, when you take out the new policy, wherever you're taking out a new policy, uh, the, the will must be, you know, sort of updated. Otherwise, an outdated will would actually defeat the purpose of it, you know, upon, upon you passing away. Um, yeah, and then, you know, just to... Having all these in place is just to be very, very responsible for your loved ones when you pass away. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I really, really think, you know, it's an exercise that everyone has to go through as a homeowner. Yeah, I would agree. Now, any questions or, or anything like that? How do we get hold of you guys? So if you've got any questions um, property-related, uh, please feel free to drop us an email on Catherine at resource.co.za. It's spelled as C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E at resource.co.za. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our um, Facebook page, LinkedIn page uh, for these podcasts and articles. Wonderful stuff. Dorilu, thank you so much uh, for having a chat to us. Uh, we all hoping, fingers crossed, I think we're cautiously optimistic about 2022. Um, so uh, take care. If you're still one of the lucky ones that are still on holiday, do enjoy that, okay? And stay safe. Um, wrapping it up, as I said, uh, for this 20th episode. Uh, remember, think home. Think Reef Lords. And to each and every one of you, look after yourselves. Keep well. Thank you for listening. <laughs>